Welcome to Uncle Bob's Magic Cabinet, a mother-daughter podcast about all things magic and mythology and pop culture. Happy December. Happy December. Wow. And I bet you're so happy we're out of November. Yeah, I hate November. I know you do. Yeah. Yeah. So I we're, said it here first. We were thinking about, we were like looking uh, on social media and seeing pictures from our folks back at home and they there's snow. Back at home in Pittsburgh, if you didn't know, we're from Pittsburgh and we're currently living in Seattle, Washington. Yes. And yeah, we're, we're starting to see pictures from our friends and family where it's snowing. Snowing and it's just gray and rainy here. Yeah. Hey. Last year, so when we arrived Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. Seattle, we moved here like a year ago. I think it was like weirdly um, nice. It was a fluke. It was a fluke. It was weirdly nice weather for like the first few months we were here. Right, right. And we were like, I don't fucking know what everyone's talking about. This state is fucking awesome. And now, you know, we're kind of having to eat crow just a smidge because you wake up. And it's dark. You look out the window at 2 p.m. It's dark. It's dark again. You go to bed at 9. It's dark. And it starts to feel like Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. It starts to feel kind of like disorienting. Yeah. 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 Is where I'm at right now. Right. So we were dreaming kind of. Kind of of snow. Yes. Which, right. wow, I'm really well, eating you crow. Were, you were. Because you're like, I miss snow. And I miss I'm like, seeing snow. I still don't miss snow. You don't miss driving in snow, but you fucking admitted that you miss seeing snow, especially around the holidays, right? right? as long as I can look out the window and admire it. Yeah. So, so then, of course, Fact Check Jake asked us a question yeah. about snow. Because, like, yeah. Yeah. What is our most embarrassing snow moment? And I believe I've already, I mean, I have so many. You have a lot of embarrassing snow moments. Yeah. Yeah. I believe we've already covered the one where uh, Jake's dad had to come fetch me in the snowstorm, right? Classic. Classic. I mean, there there are just so many uh, stories, nights that I've slept uh, at work because I will not drive, right? Just with my head on the desk or- uh, She's terrified of snow. But Grace is a nickname. Because I fall often. Yeah, you're I'm not, very clumsy. You're not graceful like in the no. summer. Like no. when there's nothing impeding your, mm-hmm, you know, walkway. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Add snow to the mix. <laughs> wow. You're in for a treat. Yeah. You know? So one day I just like tumbled down a flight of stairs. I don't I know if we fucking told this story before. I don't even care because it's so great. We probably mm. tell it every winter because probably. it's that good. Right. We were walking up this What was the snowstorm of the century in Pittsburgh? Yeah. So anyone from PA or like the East Coast, yes. I don't know. It, it had to be, I was in like high school. So this had to be like 2012, maybe 11. Yeah. I don't know. Like way back, way back way when. Way back in the day. We, the East Coast, Pennsylvania specifically got hit with like a fuck ton of snow. Like yeah. a weird amount of snow. Was, like you walked out and it was up to like my boobles. Yeah. It was up to my titties. Your boobs. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So like you, you know, school canceled. Everything. You couldn't do shit. Right. So one day me and you in the midst of this, we're right. walking up our little flight of Trying stairs. Trying to shovel. Right. No, maybe. Trying to shovel to get to, you know, <laughs> and this one. 
graceful no, over down here. Down I go. Down she down goes. Down I go. And this one over here, you know, she's not, no concern if I'm hurt. No, <laughs> no trying to help me up. Nothing. Sitting there laughing her head off and clicking pictures. Right. Hey. How hey. far was the fall, though, to be fair? How far? I mean, I twisted my ankle and it still hurts. <laughs> I mean, it's just my ankle. <laughs> wow, way to make it's me feel. It's been 84 years. It's been, it's been 84 years That's and right. I can still smell. <laughs> I can still feel the creak in my ankle. <laughs> oh, poor Lord. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Well, I uh, walk with a hobble now. You know what? Karma came and got me. Did Karma it? came and got Did me. Did it? Yeah. Well, I got myself. <laughs> Do you want to hear my embarrassing snow yeah. story? Okay. Yeah. You know what? I don't know how many youngins listen to us. <laughs> All right. We okay. put like a parental advisory warning <laughs> on this shit. So right. listen at your own, you know. Discretion. I was not a model child. Okay. No. I think that I have let, I don't know how much I've incriminated <laughs> myself. In the last year of this podcast, but like, I don't know. I was a little ballsy feisty. kid. You're I was a feisty. feisty teen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so this story that I'm about to tell Hence you. my gray hair. Yeah. It happened. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, the story I'm about to tell you comes from when I was a teen. I'm right. not going to tell you the age. I'm going to let you guess because it's more mm-hmm. fun. Right. Mm-hmm. So me and my cousin, Ashley. Hey, Ash. She's a listener. Yeah. Uh, she was the maid of honor in my wedding. So mm-hmm. I'm going to start with that. Okay. So me and her, yeah. <laughs> BFFs. Uh, she went to college at Cal U University. Okay. And in my teens, I used to go up, you know, me and her yeah. were really close. I'm going to the movies, mom, and having a sleepover with right. Sally. Can, sure. Can we just take a second? You said Cal U University. <laughs> California <laughs> University <laughs> University. <laughs> All of you, you know what? Where was I? The the university. All right. So, you know, I used to go and hang out Mm -hmm. with her there because we were really close. And we may or may not have imbibed in an alcoholic beverage or two. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, don't try this at home. Yeah, folks. Because I had to start coming with you. Oh, my God. (laughs) Fucking hell. So um, here's another little fun fact. Mm -hmm. I was a big smoker. Back yes, in the day. Yes. Of cigarettes. Yes. <laughs> so on one of these occasions. Marlboro Reds. <laughs> oh, my God. I loved a red. Why, you know, why you got to expose me like that? <laughs> wow. You really, you know. Because, I mean, you got to be a hard ass to smoke a Marlboro Red. <laughs> Working man. <laughs> That's right. Hey. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you see these fucking muscles? Wow. Okay. So on one of these fucking occasions. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I was there with my cuz. We were having mm-hmm. a fucking good time. It was Christmas. Right. Okay. It was snowing. Okay. Bringing okay. in the holidays. Bringing in the holidays. We were all listening. It was a party. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was we this li- at uh, California University University? <laughs> it was at California <laughs> University University. Okay. Mm-hmm. You, Christmas you. party. We were all listening to NSYNC's Christmas album. Mm-hmm. Any of you 90s kids There's will the know first it well. red flag. Hey, you know what? Laura, <laughs> give it up. It's a good fucking Christmas. Merry Christmas. Nope. There's a little taste. Go and listen. Go listen. To it. We were all jamming. I, the smoker that I was at the time, I am not anymore. Mm-hmm, okay, don't mm-hmm, roast mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. Don't smoke. I had to go outside to, you know, puff on my red. Okay. Okay. <laughs> puff my red. I must have been a little <laughs> tipsy uh-huh. because I fucking passed out in the snowbank. <laughs> like, I, so she had like a little porch and I was out there smoking and I must have just. Went down. I went down. Down for the count. And I wake up an unknown amount of time later. Right. (laughs) Okay. My cigarette out. (laughs) Thank goodness. (laughs) Me, cold as shit. (laughs) Were you blue? (laughs) 
my lips, my lips chapped, face blue. <laughs> I walk in, they're all still jamming. <laughs> and Ashley looks at me, she's like, oh, oh, where have you been? I was like, I don't know, man. Oh, I think I was passed God. out. I texted her today and I was like, bitch, I'm about to tell this story. She said I was out there for three hours. <laughs> That's what she said. No way. I said an hour. That bitch said three. And I was well, like, if you didn't seasonably know. warm for you to be out there for three hours and not have frostbite. And I'm alive. See? Oh, my gosh. Wow. Was, wow. It the, was it the alcohol? Did it warm your core? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. What a mess. What Melted a mess. Melted the snow around you. Your yeah. breath. My breath. <laughs> my breath kept me That's going. Right. Wow. Um, you know, I am the woman I mm-hmm. am because of that snowbank. I learned a lot. So Merry Christmas oh, and Happy Holidays go. from me and NSYNC. And Karma's a bitch. <laughs> Karma's a bitch. That's what I get there for laughing go. at you all those times you <laughs> fell into the snowbank. So yes. that is my most embarrassing snow story. Oh, great. Does I love it get that. more embarrassing Thanks than for that? sharing. Thanks You're for welcome. sharing. I'm lucky to be alive. There you, you know? go. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all these blessings. You Look know? at all these blessings. Oh, fucking hell. Well, with that. Yeah. Fact check, Jake, I think we have a patron to thank. We do. We have one new patron to nice. thank. Nina. Nina, welcome! Thank you. Welcome to the family. Yeah. If you would also like to join the Patreon, go check yes. it out. All kinds of cool happenings going on over there. All kinds of cool happenings. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Or if you can't leave us a rating on Apple, we love to see it. You get to know these two mugs a little bit more personally. You love to say that every hey. time we promote the Patreon, hey, and know, I love it so I much. I feel like I'm really exposing myself on the Patreon channel. Yeah, it, yeah, and you're like, no, not really. No, you are. It gets a little, it gets a little grittier over there. <laughs> I don't like to. T- I like to, you know, pretend that we. I don't. mean, I'm not dancing with, um, you know, with a hose and a lampshade on my head, but you know. <laughs> well, she's gonna be now. Fishnets. Fish That's the word I was looking for. Fishnets <sighs> and a lampshade. Fucking hell, Lord! You're my favorite person in the world. Well. Speaking of, yes, you know, December magic, Christmas giving, the spirit, right? The entire month is magic, right? The entire month is magic. Yes. Here at Uncle Bob's, we're going to do a giveaway yes. during every episode in December. Of course. Of 2021. So it's a celebration over here. It is a celebration. Yeah. Um, the way to enter, participate on our Instagram, specifically. Yes. Anything that we ask you to participate in over there, that is how do you can it. enter to... Uh, win some goodies here yeah, in December. Some fun things. Yeah, for this one, you'll have to wait until the end of the episode yes. to find out the winner. All right, cool. So, are you ready to fucking jump I'm in? I'm ready to jump on in. All right, I am very excited about mine today. Right, I'm excited, too. Yeah. So, um, this is a great one. Jake's mom, fact check Jake's mother, mm-hmm. Kathy, we love mm-hmm. you, Kath, she was like, you have to do this. From the very beginning, she was telling me yep. that we had to do this movie. I had never seen it. I had never seen it myself, and, and I love... I love George C. Scott, but <laughs> I'm jumping the gun. Jump ahead of me, Laura. It's fine. It's okay, fine. Okay, go, go, go. Um, as a horror buff, I cannot believe I had not seen this movie, yeah. but it's kind of like not well known. It's kind yeah. of, yeah, it kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit. I am doing The Changeling. Such a good flick. Wow. It's rated yes. R. Wow. Wow. Uh, 1980s horror mystery film. Really? 80s? Oh, I thought that would have been in the 70s. Yeah, well, it's mm-hmm. 1980, right on, 80. The, right on the precipice. On the precipice. <laughs> All right, the Ooh. tagline, an experience beyond total fear. 
Whoa. I'm already shaking in my boots. I'm already shatting my pants. <laughs> Written by Russell Hunter, William Gray, and Diana Maddox. Nice. Music by Rick Wilkins, and I had to include that because the score is really Phenomenal. cool. Okay. Uh, here's your cast. Laura, thank you for already introducing George C. Scott. <laughs> Mr. George C. Scott. As John Russell. Yes. Trish. Trish. <laughs> Trish. <laughs> Trish. Van Diver. It's a trash game. Trash game. <laughs> How many people's names do you think I've messed up? I don't know. Someone, so many. Someone started taking so a tally. Many. I'm so sorry. Uh, Trish Van Diver as Claire Norman. Melvin Douglas as Senator Carmichael. Jean Marsh as Joanna Russell. Michelle Martin as Kathy Russell. And Helen Burns as Leah Harmon. Nice. Wow. Are you ready for the rundown? That was a mouthful. All right, opens on November 27th in a snowy upstate New York scene. All it's right. freaking beautiful. Mm-hmm. John Russell, his wife Joanna, and young daughter Kathy are pushing their broken down car off to the side of the road so they can call for some help. Yes. All right. John heads to the payphone that's right next to them, and Joanna and Kathy start a snowball fight in the nearby, you guess it, snowbank. Snowbank. <laughs> the theme of this <laughs> that episode. You, that you fell into. <laughs> <laughs> they just pan over and there's me laying with you there with a, with a marble <laughs> with a marble red <laughs> bottle of vodka. Sup guys? <laughs> How's it hanging? <laughs> and with your Sid Vicious t-shirt on. Oh my god. <laughs> it wasn't my finest hour. All right. Anyway, at the same time though, a car and a big truck are riding down the road when the car suddenly spins out. Hmm, that's okay. unfortunate. This causes a big, very slow motion accident. Oof. Remember yeah. we said 1980s, very slow motion. Yeah. Leaving the wife and daughter dead oh, at the sucks. end. And John stuck in the telephone booth. I don't, he was like slamming on it like Ron Burgundy. He's like, no. I'm like, dude, yeah. open the door. <laughs> Gotta open the door to get out, buddy. <laughs> Lift the latch, my right. guy. Right, All right. right. He's distraught. Mm-hmm. Okay. Glass case of emotion. He is in a glass <laughs> case of emotion for sure. After the death of his entire little family, John decides to move to Seattle. Oh, hey. from upstate New York to Seattle. Yeah, wow. Interesting. What a, tre- what a trek. I know it well. <laughs> uh, he does this to heal from the pain, right? right? And to continue his distinguished composing career in peace. He is okay. a piano player. Gotcha. His friends hook him up with the Historical Preservation Society. Love them. To find him a house to rent quickly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So John meets up with Claire Norman, who works for the society, to go view a giant-ass mansion that hasn't been occupied for the last 12 years, and it's available for rent. And who needs it? Why does he need a mansion? I don't know. Maybe like one person. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he wants to live lavish. I don't know. Okay. This Victorian-style house is quite literally huge. You're right. It's too big for one it's man. It's too we'll big for one it. person. We'll ignore it. He All deserves right. it. He deserves okay. it. Treat <laughs> his, yourself. His whole family just got fucking killed, Lord. Give him a break. All right. Um, but it is kind of creepy, though. All right. But it comes furnished. Well, and it has a piano. It has a piano, a yeah. music room. Right. Uh, and a cleaning staff that comes to take care of it regularly. Not too shabby, hmm. right? Did they cook his meals? Probably. Because that would be a deal breaker Yeah, for me. I think he was in. He's like, <laughs> okay. all right, fuck. I'm in. John moves in, and pretty soon after, the audience becomes aware of an unseen presence, okay. right? The piano mm-hmm. starts playing on its own. There's some strain no- strange noises, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Then it escalates, and poor John begins hearing loud banging sounds around the same time every day, which usually interrupt his morning cry session. (laughs) Remember, his whole family just died. I prefer an evening cry session myself. (laughs) I prefer, I I prefer, I prefer, I prefer a shower cry session because then Uh, it doesn't feel like it washes away with the 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 water droplets. We're learning a lot about Lee in this episode. Um, Here is where I will say about this film it is um very suspenseful so i'm leaving Mm -hmm. out a lot of like i can't explain to you a lot of what happens in this film because you have to be hearing it you have Mm -hmm. to be seeing it right okay but one night our man john starts hearing strange sounds yet again right before all of the sinks and faucets in the house turn on Okay, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. As he goes to see where all of the water is coming from, he is met by the apparition of a little boy who seems to be drowning <laughs> in his bathtub. That's disturbing. I, when I tell you, like, I literally was, like, kind of scared. This mm-hmm. movie is scary. It's I will very say. scary. It is very scary. But not slashery. Correct. We'll right. get to that. We'll yeah. talk about that in a little okay. bit. But yeah, it's very so suspenseful. Shut up is what you're saying. Laura, shut okay. your fucking mouth. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I got kidding. you. Zip it. Zip it. Meanwhile, John has been hitting it off with his friend Claire Norman from the society, right? Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. pretty cute. It's All right. A, it's a love match. Sparks are flying. All right. So, excuse me. He goes Ooh. to ask her some questions about this house because he's like, what the fuck is going What's on? What's happening here? Quite frankly, she is useless in this department. She mm. knows nothing about the inner workings of the historical society because she's only been there for a year. Ugh, a oh, year? Oh, oh, she should have yeah. learned some shit in a year. That's kind of what I thought. I was like, mm. a year, girl, you could have like, like... What have you been doing for the last year? Picking your nose, but right, it's fine. Right. It's fine. Okay. However, a different historical society member stops John on his way out and tells him that the house never should have been rented because it doesn't want to be. And I would have been like, you know what? (laughs) Let me pack my shit. And I'm out. I'm out. My bad. Right. Feeling obviously very comforted. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, (laughs) Feeling good, safe, mm -hmm. secure. John heads back home only to find that his attic window has been smashed and broken. He can't catch a break. Wow, it's a bummer. Wow. So he had. He doesn't have to pay for that. He's only renting. No, but he's like, (laughs) what in the frizzle is going on? What in the. Frizzle. Wasn't there some kind of a cartoon character named Miss Frizzle? Yes, yes. the magic school bus. It's mm. Thank you, fact check Jake. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Fucking hell, yes. And now he's pulling up pictures of her. That's fantastic. Laura, you that would actually be a really good Halloween costume for you. Miss Frizzle. Miss Frizzle. Nice. I love that for All you. All right, I'll do it. All right, so John heads up to the attic to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And he realizes that the entrance has been suspiciously sealed up. Suspiciously. <laughs> What did I say? (laughs) I myself am a big fan of new words. Suspiciously. I fucking hate both of you. This is why I can't talk because both of you are watching me to wait for me to fumble. Suspiciously. (laughs) Is that how I wrote it in my notes? Honest to God. You know what? I do it to myself. Like, <laughs> if anyone ever comes oh, at me shit. and is like, you're kind of a dumbass, I, I don't have an argument. You're right. You're, you're totally right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, the attic has been suspiciously sealed up. 
No problem. <laughs> John busts on in anyway. All right. Up in the uh, attic, John finds an old crusty wheelchair. <laughs> a those big, things are so crazy. It's a big part of this movie, man. Oh it's even gosh. on the cover of the VHS tape. It's so creepy. Those are so creepy. <laughs> so creepy. Uh, he also finds some old school books, a lot of other old crusty yeah. fucking things. Cobwebs, yeah. all right. Uh, most notably, though, he finds a music box that happens to be singing the same song that John played on the piano on instinct for the first time just days before. Does that make sense? John. <laughs> My gosh. So John is like sitting down one day. He's playing a tune that he thinks he just came up with. He made it up. He made it up. Nights in white satin. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring it up. I knew you were going to bring it up. Yes, I've had this moment. (laughs) But, you know, lo and behold, he fucking goes up to the attic days later and this music box is playing the same tune. tune. So what's going on? Uh At this point, our dude is freaked the fuck out and he decides to seek the help of a medium named Leah. Love that. Uh, Just, you know, a reminder, a medium is a person able to make contact with the spirit world. Yes. All right. Leah, the medium, along with Claire the hottie, mm-hmm. and some others come to the house to perform a seance. Mm-hmm. And a reminder, <laughs> a seance is an attempt to communicate with spirits, and it is usually led by a medium. We've talked about all right. this before, we but have, depending yes. on where you come in, yeah, I, you know, right. I just thought you might need a, a little, little refresher. Reminder, yeah. So the group gathers around a table with all of the lights shut off, and Leah begins channeling the spirit of a child who cannot rest. Mm, sad. Yeah. Through automatic writing, we learn that the spirit's name is Joseph Carmichael, and he is asking for help. It's a okay. very cool scene. It's probably my favorite of the whole film. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, Leah the medium places what looks like a giant silver cone, mm-hmm. and we'll get to this. Right. It's my lesson. Spoiler right. alert. Mm-hmm. She places it in the center of the table, and as she asks her questions, it begins to shimmy and shake. Yes. When Leah asks Joseph if he died in the house, this cone violently slams down and shit goes flying everywhere. Hmm. All right. The spirit of Joseph then shows John via a vision that he was drowned by his father upstairs in the attic. It's very disturbing. It is very disturbing, but this scene is Mm -hmm. very, very cool. But they don't really explain what's going on, but I kind of love that. They're like, yeah, we're just going in and here's the seance. But if you don't know what a seance is, you're like, what the fuck's happening? happening? (laughs) Um, Long story short, here's the wrap up kind Mm -hmm. of because the movie is very suspenseful and very dramatic in the best way. Uh, John and Claire end up finding the skeletal remains of Joseph Carmichael at the bottom of a well, Mm. confirming everything they learned through this seance. Mm. More clues lead them to a local senator whose last name happens to be Carmichael. Carmichael. Whoa. Uh, Yeah. It turns out the Carmichael family lived in John's spooky ass mansion years ago. Okay. All right. Richard Carmichael, the father. Okay. okay? His real son, six-year-old Joseph, was a Mm. sickly child that couldn't walk. Oh, no. So him and the family kept Joseph hidden up in the attic. And there's too many damn movies about that shit. Right? Honestly, what the fuck were you guys doing? <laughs> I know. What? Why was that a theme? I don't know. Until one day in 1906, Papa mm-hmm. Carmichael decides to just get rid of Joseph altogether by drowning him in a bathtub. Wow, that 
is fucking heartless. Yeah. However, Joseph was supposed to inherit a fucking tasty fortune from his late grandfather. Mm. So to mm. ensure that the family still got this inheritance, Papa Carmichael staged a big scheme and replaced the now dead Joseph with an orphan. Wow. Are you following me? It's, it's kind of, wow. here's the soap opera element. It's very shady. Yes. Papa Carmichael sends replacement orphan Joseph off to Europe until he's 18. Saying, so nobody would have known what he looked like. Right. Well, saying that he was there getting treatment. You know, and now he's miraculously all better when he comes back. Yeah, right, right. the replacement orphan Joseph is now Senator Carmichael. Mm. <laughs> Whoa! John confronts the senator, but of course he doesn't believe a word of it and tells our dude to kick rocks. So the senator doesn't like know this. Oh, he has he no idea. He thinks that he is Joseph Carmichael. Oh, okay, all right. right. From at least, okay. yeah, from everything I was able to Poor tell, guy. it's kind of like you know those seventies yeah. movies. Sometimes yes. it's like, what's going on here? But yeah, I don't think the dude knew. Oh, bummer. Uh, there's a final showdown. Showdown. It's a showdown. <laughs> showdown back at the mansion, of course. Ghost Joseph tries to kill Claire with his crusty wheelchair. It's fucking hilarious. The wheelchair is like chasing her around. All I can think about is every day when I would go to work, I would go through this town where there was this old store. Okay. That... (gasps) And it had all those crusty wheelchairs in, in it. In Wilkinsburg. Yes. I know exactly what you're and talking about. And it was about. like, it must have been there from the 1940s. Yes. And it's like all those wheelchairs were in the window and it creeped me out it every looked, morning. Yeah. Every morning. I was like, do something about this shit. Please hide these wheelchairs. <laughs> They're so scary. Yeah, it looked like the changeling wheelchair. And yes. if you haven't seen the movie, it's like covered in cobwebs and it's very yes. like archaic and, you know, there's no one in it. It's just yes. very, you know. So, and this wheelchair is chasing Claire around the house. Oh, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it knocks her out a little bit. Okay. John ends up taking a mean tumble mm, and bummer. he almost dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ghost Joseph gives Senator Carmichael a heart attack. Okay, and catches the mansion on fire. He wants vengeance. He is pissed. Wow, couldn't he have done this like 10 years earlier? No, no. Now is the time. Okay. John and Claire escape Mm -hmm. and will for sure have to look for a new pad. Do they embrace in a kiss? They didn't, but I'm sure it was coming. All right. But I appreciate that they didn't make us watch it. Okay. Mm -hmm. In the end, all that remains of the house is Joseph's crusty-ass wheelchair in the haunting music box. Oh. Wow. Thoughts or oh, it's it's a great movie. Fantastic it's movie. It's a great movie. I'm really And again, if you're not a horror fan right. and you do not like blood and guts and slasher, this is great because it puts you on the edge of your seat. This and one is for you if yes. you do not like that stuff. Yes. This is this will be the kind of movie you right. can still enjoy without being like deeply uncomfortable if that yes. makes you uncomfortable Petrified. yeah so i'm very glad this was yes. recommended to us thank you yeah awesome um my lesson i'm super fucking excited about yeah, i am too is spirit trumpets i love it so much <laughs> i was so excited to learn about this the second we watched it i said yep that's what i'm talking about because uh, we've we talked about seen, lily dale yes we've seen many a spirit trumpet yes we've talked about in the museum spiritual <laughs> Yes, yes, thank you, Laura. We've mm-hmm. talked about spiritualism. Mm-hmm. Again, you'll have to go back if you're new here to catch up on yeah. those episodes. Um, but spirit trumpets, let's fucking yes. talk about it because it was a big part of the movie. Yeah, A spirit trumpet is a narrow cone, usually made of metal or cardboard, that is believed to amplify the sound of spirit voices. Mm-hmm. So think of it like a giant megaphone used to chat with ghosts. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. not a neon orange traffic cone. 
Yes, thank you. Okay. All <laughs> Just right. like a, I'm a trying little, to get a visual here. It's like a skinny, narrow, yes, silver most yes. of the time cone. Okay. Okay. It is important to remember these were introduced to the world when mediumship and spiritualism were all the rage. Mm-hmm. Okay. So during the late 19th century, spiritualist medium Jonathan Coons created a public séance room on his farm in Athens, Ohio. Hmm. It is believed that Kuhn's son, Nahum, actually invented the spirit trumpet because they were very involved in mediumship. Okay. So prior to the spirit trumpet, nonverbal forms of spirit communication were hard to come by. So think more like automatic writing, drawings. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. But the spirit trumpet, (laughs) okay, allowed ghosts to actually tap into the medium's vocal cords. This is what it was believed mm, it's a to game do. Game changer, right? So that the ghost could literally speak. Okay, mm, okay. And this is sometimes referred to as direct voice mediumship. Okay. So, in addition to literally speaking, the trumpets on the table were also known to move around. Okay. Float, etc. Mm-hmm. Some would even ooze ectoplasm. I know you were wondering. <laughs> Yes, uh, with Ar- yes, they Arthur did. Conan Doyle's face. There he is again. You just doyled right, yourself. There you go. Uh, spirit trumpets became pretty commercialized. Some were fancy and ornate, etc. They brought actually a lot of business to mediums. Like it was considered to be a good thing for the business of if mediumship. Said, oh, if you said I have a spirit trumpet, well, I was reading like because they would like um, come. They were compatible. So you could travel with a spirit trumpet. You could be a traveling medium. A traveling spirit (laughs) trumpet. They're very easy to carry around. (laughs) Uh, The most well-known retailer of spirit trumpets was Everett Atwood Eckel of Indiana. The state of Indiana. Yeah. Um, Of course, we can't talk about spiritualism or mediums without Harry fucking Houdini. Bring my man on in. Here he is. Oh my gosh. Again. All right. So again, for those who need a refresher, we yes. talk a lot about Harry Houdini on this podcast, not on purpose. He right. just fucking weasels his way yes. into every single topic. Yep. He is a famous Hungarian American magician and illusionist, if you yes. don't know. He but also he, debunker. Yes, he was very, very consumed with spiritualism and debunking fraudulent mediums. Yes. Okay. Uh, he supposedly investigated hundreds of mediums and spiritualists over a 35-year span. Mm-hmm. Check back on episode 17, yes. Stranger Things and Harry Houdini, for the start of that whole thing. That's where the yes. original joke comes from. You talk about him and this entire yes. thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, But I figured I'd give you. Yes. Oh, my God. So I stumbled upon... Harry Houdini talking Mm -hmm. about spirit trumpets. Okay. So I figured I would let our Aries king, yes, he's an Aries. Bring it on home. Explain his view on this medium instrument. Okay. Okay, so this is in his direct words coming from his book, How I Unmask the Spirit Fakers. (laughs) Dude, we got to get that. From 1925. We have to have it. First edition. This man is fucking hilarious. He he had his panties in a goddamn twist about these mediums. Okay, are you ready? In his exact words. A trumpet medium is one who evokes the spirits with the aid of trumpets. Okay. Cones of metal or other material that resemble the fog horns carried by old-time sailing vessels. Ah, so there's a visual. Okay. 
The trumpets ordinarily are placed on a table around which the medium and those attending the seance sit in a circle. Each person, I'm sorry, (laughs) I almost said collapsing hands. No, no. Hmm. Clasping hands with those on his right and left. Okay. Now, the medium being part of the circle apparently cannot move without those who are holding his hands being aware of it. Okay. Yet, as soon as... As the light in the room is extinguished, strange things begin to happen. Hmm. You hear spirit voices. You feel the tapping of spirit hands on your head and body. (laughs) Odd tapping sounds, which you are informed are the sound of spirit feet, are heard seemingly in the air. What are they wearing? Stilettos? (laughs) (laughs) Red bottoms. Uh, they are seemingly heard in the air or on walls in the ceiling. Okay. You hear sweeping sounds too, which you are told are made by spirit garments. <laughs> okay. My slinky lingerie. <laughs> Those were flapping in the wind. <laughs> flapping in the wind. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the trumpets, which are distinguishable in the darkness because of luminous rings that are placed upon them. Okay. Are seen to rise from the table and apparently float around the room. Hmm. Now, <laughs> he says, no. to one who visits a seance for the first time, these effects are most uncanny. You are quite ready to believe that they are actually caused by spirits. Mm-hmm. Certainly, you tell yourself the medium with both, both hands securely held is unable to get free to talk through the trumpet, raise them in the air, or tap them on the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Well, as one who for 35 years has been freeing himself from every sort of bond, encumbrance, and restraint that human ingenuity can devise, handcuffs, ropes, chains. The illusionist, <laughs> right? I love that he lists it. He's like, I gotta list it all. Straight jackets, locks, bolts, prison cells, trunks, safes, and packing cases among mm-hmm, them. Thank mm-hmm. you, Harry. <laughs> Probably like fake hands under the table that people are grabbing onto. Hey, hey, he right? explains it, Lord. Oh, okay. Please permit me to testify that for a medium to free himself from a spiritual circle and get hold of the trumple, trumpet. Trumplet. <laughs> a trumple. <laughs> It's like a truffle. I hate you both. (laughs) And get hold of the trumpet Mm -hmm. is child's play. Child's play. Says Harry Houdini. Amateurs. The spirit wrappings and sounds are made by the medium's fingers against the side of the trumpet. I thought it was in the magician's code of secrets and never to reveal any of this. We talked about cracking toes. Harry Houdini believed that mediums who did this were really taking advantage of... Grieving people. So he, it was like his mission, bitch. He Mm -hmm. was like, no, it's not even necessarily that he didn't believe. He just wanted to debunk the fakers. We talked about actually wanted to believe really badly. Yes. So again, go Mm -hmm. back. So some spirit trumpet mediums also produce spirit voices in the daylight. The medium holds the large end of the trumpet near his mouth and whispers into the instrument without moving his facial muscles, while at the same time carrying on a casual conversation with the sitter. You've seen ventriloquists on the stage (laughs) disguise the fact that they are speaking by much the same method. Throwing my voice. (laughs) I absolutely found it hilarious that this bitch was like, let me break this down. Mm -hmm. Because right now, like you hear this and you're like, Absurd. And this is coming from someone who firmly believes in spirits and ghosts. I'm like, yeah, they're not talking through the trumpet. Yeah. Right. But back then, he he had to spell this out. Yes. 
Isn't that fascinating? I love it. I mean, I can see it. And I think it's hilarious that he's an Aries because it, it that energy, he's like, he, oh, he's he couldn't let it. it go. He's bringing it. He could it. not let it go. He's charging on in there. He's charging on yeah. in. And yeah, that fire, he's like, no, bitch, yep. I am going to die on this hill. Okay. Yeah. And he sure did. Yeah. Um. So that's my lesson. I love that. Spear trumpets. I found it fascinating. I think they're fascinating. Uh, like we said, we got to see some. Like the originals yeah. in the museum at Lily Dow. It's, it's very interesting. Yeah, and a lot of museums around the world, yeah. um, especially ones leaning towards the occult, mm-hmm. have spirit trumpets in yeah. them, and they're so fucking neat, um, whether you believe yeah. in them or not. Yeah. You know, I'm Check not one to knock any kind of tool. Right. Um, but back in the day, obviously, it was used right. as, you know, right, to right, trick right. people as an yeah. illusion. But um, I don't they're know so that neat. it was actually to trick people. From what I've read, is that because. It was so exhausting to, like, speak to the other side. Mm -hmm. Um, It became a necessity to bring theatrics into it. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think that that's a really, like— Yeah. Cute way That's to the put optimistic it. <laughs> way of looking at it. As the pessimist, right, you're sure, like, sure. Eh, they were trying to. I yeah. think that you could spin it that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. But I think in the end, like you're, I, and again, that we're speaking yeah. like as people from today. Okay, right. So keep that in mind. If you have to like use those, like your craft should speak for itself. Right, right. And that's why the like, you know, the spirit yes. trumpets. When you look back on them now, mm-hmm. can you imagine? Like, I cannot imagine a medium oh, yeah. coming to the table with a spirit oh, trumpet. Yeah. Not that, like, I would not knock it. Oh, right. Hey, fuck yeah, let's right. go. But, like, yeah. I just can't imagine it happening because right. it was very specific to that time yeah. when this stuff was just hitting the scene. Mm-hmm. And you have to think, like, people didn't know any better. Well, they didn't know any better. Yeah, the same right. ectoplasm that we just talked exactly, about. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So that's why Harry Houdini is like, bitch. <laughs> I'm ahead of my time. Let me just lay this down for you. And that is why he keeps coming into the conversation. Dude. And it's fucking hilarious. hilarious. Um, so, yeah, that is my lesson. The Changeling, go fucking watch it. We're, here's some fun and random facts I to go it. more yes. into that. So, a Changeling, mm-hmm. okay, is actually a creature found in European folklore, typically described as being the offspring of a fairy, troll, elf, or other creature mm-hmm. that has been secretly left in the place of a human child. Yes. However, the term is also used to refer, refer, um, I can't talk, obviously. Reefer. (laughs) (laughs) It's used to reefer. You're smoking those reefer cigarettes. (laughs) Freudian slip. All right. It's used to refer to a child who was taken or swapped. Mm -hmm. So in this movie's case, Mm -hmm. that's what changeling means. So that's why my lesson here was not actually changelings because that's not what it was. Um, The screenwriters did months and months of research on parapsychological encounters before making this film. I love that. It is, I think, as someone who has experienced paranormal things, this is a very, very good um, representation. Yes. What do you think? I think this is a great movie. I can't Mm -hmm. believe I had never seen it. Same. Right. Yeah. I can definitely tell that they researched and that they actually— like looked at at real cases of this stuff. Yeah, and again, um, that's why if you're not a horror like a horror horror movie person with blood and guts, this is great because it does lend to like you looking at it and going that that could pro- that could happen. I could see how that could happen. Exactly. Yeah. 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 There is like a realistic yeah. thing, you know, spin mm-hmm. to it. Um. Well, that could be because a specific haunting 
inspired the story, like a real oh, haunting. Okay. Um, the Henry Treat Rogers Mansion in Colorado during oh. the 1960s Henry is Treat. what inspired okay. it. Apparently, it is no longer standing. This mansion, okay. uh, but it is. Is it burned to the ground? <laughs> I don't. I don't fucking know. I didn't investigate. Um, okay. I would like to. Maybe you could do a part two. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, apparently that there was like a real haunting that was pretty close to this one that inspired it. Nice. So damn. Um, sound was a huge deal in the film. Mm-hmm. Kind of like I mentioned earlier, it relied mainly on sound, simple visuals, and suspense, like you said, rather than blood mm-hmm. or special effects. Yes. So like that sound. Building the anticipation is really what you're relying on for the scares, and it works so well. This is a great example of that. Yeah. Um, George C. Scott and Trish Van Dever. Mm -hmm. I do not know how to say her name. I'm so sorry. Van Dever. were actually married for years and were married during this film. Oh, love that. Cute. Cute. Um, The mansion isn't actually real. It was a giant, like, facade set built onto the front of a house. Can't go there. Bummer. Okay. Um, the Changeling won the first ever Genie Award for Best Canadian Film. Love that. Well, Martin Scorsese included The Changeling on his list entitled The Top 11 Scariest Horror Films of All Time. And I honestly could see why. Mm-hmm. I could. I could give you that. I love that. Yeah. Um, a remake is supposedly in the works hmm. because we can't leave a single thing alone. Jordan Peele? Hey, you know what? (laughs) Then I would shut the fuck up because I would love to see it. If it's not Jordan Peele, why you got to touch it? That's all I have to say. Oh, my God. Think of a new concept, my friends. There you go. Um, But, yeah, that is The Changeling. Such a great movie. Go Go check it out. Go watch it. Go watch it. Like, I cannot... I know I talk a lot about horror on this, Uh and I'm sorry, but this is... uh, I would say this is more suspense. Yes, um, I agree. Around this time, because it was kind of like a wintry scene, mm-hmm. but it was it was spooky, and I, yes. it's got a lot of cool things going on in this movie. I would highly recommend Go it. Go check it out. A lot of spooky, creepy. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> spooky, creepy. Joseph. Joseph. The bouncing ball down the stairs. That's so creepy. So many iconic yes. scenes. Like, yep. really, if you are a movie buff, you have to gotta, watch this gotta film. Gotta see it. For so sure. That is my case. I love it. That's what I have for you today. Cool. And I'm up. Why, thank you. You're up to bat. All right, so I got this. You got it. All right. I am doing Where the Wild Things Are. Nice. Yes. We love this one. I love this book, but I am doing the movie today, 2009 fantasy adventure drama. 2009? Holy shit. I know. I thought it was just like a few years ago. Oh, see, I thought it was like way back. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, we're off base. I have to be completely transparent. I have not seen this movie since it came out. Yeah, same. And I loved it. I thought it was the cutest thing, but it's not like on my top thing of movies where I watch it all the time. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, Directed by Spike Jones. Okay. And so I was like, who is this person? Because I remember hearing his name recently, and then I realized in my research last week okay. that he's mar- he was married to Sophia Coppola. And oh. so when I was doing my Nicolas Cage research, he popped. Oh, God. Nicolas Cage. There you <laughs> there are again. Uh, written by Spike Jones and Dave Eggers. Okay. Okay. Co-produced by Tom Hanks through his production company, Playtone. What? (laughs) That tips on one of our other favorite movies, which is That Thing You Do, right? I did not know Tom Hanks had uh, a company. Wow. uh, In That Thing You Do, they were on Playtone Records, and he named his company Playtone. I I love that. (laughs) 
Way to go, Lord. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, based on the 1963 children's book of the same name by Maurice Sendak. Yes. Yes. Who also did Little Bear. Oh, I love And you love Little Bear. You watched it all the time. I did. All right. So $100 million budget, $100.1 million at the box office. Mm-hmm. Bama. That is not good. All right. So although it opened number one at the box office, the movie was so over budget that it did not even break even. Ooh, ouch. Okay. Mm. All right. So we have the human cast. Mm-hmm. Max Records mm-hmm. plays Max. Max Records like, plays Max. Cute. His name is Max Records. I love that. Can you just see like, I don't know, some shades and I mean, what a great name. <laughs> I love that. Adorable. All right. Catherine Keener is Connie. Okay. Max's mom. Mm-hmm. Mark Ruffalo is Adrian. I love him. Uh, that was That's her beau, mom's beau. Okay. Uh, Pepita Americ is Claire, his sister. Okay. And then we have the wild things. Right, the creatures. And I have to say, again, going into this movie, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going to do this cute little um, children's Mm -hmm. story that I just absolutely loved. And I have to say, it was really hitting on the feels for me. Uh Uh-oh. So it really was. an emotional ride. I did. I did. So um, James Gandolfini is the voice of Carol. Oh, I love James Gandolfini. Sometimes it's so hard. So let me ask you. So have you had like, obviously there are celebrities that have passed away. Mm -hmm. And like, you don't know these people. Like, you don't know them personally. We're not BFFs. Right. But that just have had such an impact Mm -hmm. on you. Like, you're like, you cry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who was mine? Yeah. Uh, James Gandolfini and yeah. Robin Williams. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those two, those two hit yeah. me pretty hard. Yeah, James Gandolfini definitely for me. Yeah, uh, definitely hard to you know. Sopranos is one of my favorite shows, and just sometimes definitely hard to go back and watch him in it is the Sopranos. But then when you hear his voice in this, it's kind of like. And then just the character he plays. Oh, Oh, geez. Okay, I'm preparing myself. Thank you for the warning. I'm going to, yeah, you're welcome. Uh, Lauren Ambrose plays KW. Cute. We know her from Six Feet Under. And I can only think of her as Claire. And you can hear it in the little character. Uh, Forrest Whitaker is Ira. Catherine O'Hara is Judith. Love her. Paul Dano is Alexander. Michael Berry Jr. is the bull. And Spike Jones plays Bob and Terry. Cute. All right, here's your plot. Okay. We are first introduced to Max, Mm -hmm. a young preteen boy dressed in a wolf suit chasing his dog around the house. That poor puppy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Max has a lot of energy to expend. Wow. Yeah. And uh, not a lot of outlet, it seems. Uh, Okay. Gotcha. So we cut to Max outside building a snow fort. Okay. Okay. Right from the jump, uh, we see Max is pretty much on his own. Okay. Okay. His sister Claire is supposed to be watching him. Uh, we later learn mom and dad are divorced. Mom is at work. Okay. Okay. Uh, Max asks his sister to come out and look at his snow fort and spend some time with him. And we see that she is on the phone with her friends and has very little interest in spending any time with Max. Oh, no. You know, she's growing up. Yeah. Moving on to other things. It's not her fault. No. Okay. Uh, she tells him to go and play with his friends, and we kind of get the feeling that maybe he doesn't have any. Right? Oh, no. Okay. So, uh, cut to some of Claire's friends showing up. Max decides to engage them in a snowball fight to connect. Right? He's trying to connect with somebody. Uh, The older kids take it a little too far and collapse Max's snow fort. 
With him inside. With him inside. Yes. Okay, double dick bags. <sighs> Max is crushed. He is crying and it's like tugging at my little heart. Well, like he's literally crushed under the snowfort. <laughs> well, he was crushed under the snowfort, but also his spirit emotionally is crushed. emotionally gotcha. he's crushed. Yeah, yeah. Um, Claire and her friends drive away laughing. <sighs> and oh my God, the betrayal no, no. on his little face that his sister does not come to his defense literally broke. My heart. Dude, am I going to cry in this episode? Right? Are you going to so, make me cry? I, I'm not trying to. Okay. But it, it was a heart tugger. No. Uh, so basically he goes in and is like, fuck this shit. Yeah. And thrashes her room. Dude, fuck yeah. <laughs> Breaking a little heart-shaped tchotchke that he had made for her. Because he loves her. And she did not come well, to his defense. Well, you betrayed me. And so now I you're know. dead to me. <laughs> Fuck this heart-shaped box. <laughs> you broke my I heart, Fredo. <laughs> um, Max is all alone. Oh, oh no. It's heartbreaking. Um, Mom comes home from work, and we see her talking on the phone. Her boss did not like a report that she did, and she is stressed out that she may lose her job. Okay. We can kind of tell by the state of the house that money is tight. Mm. This gal is overwhelmed, and all Max wants is someone to spend time with him. Okay, Al. No, right? no, I'm okay. going to be fine. Everyone is going to be all right. <laughs> so good. Okay, let's have a drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Max builds a fort in his room. He's trying to recreate. Oh, my God, is he me? <laughs> I have here, you can't live your life in a fort, Max. You can't live your life in a fort, Max. <laughs> Mama Laura will tell you that real fucking quick. Lee, Auntie Lee is over here to tell you, Max, you fucking build you that fort, bitch. Live you can't live fort. your life in a fort alone, Max. You need a homie. Well, why do you think he's trying to get his mom to spend some time with him? Oh. All right, so he calls his mom up to come see his fort and hang out in it. She better. Uh, she better. But she's busy with her new boyfriend downstairs. Yo. Mom, me and you are about to tussle. Whew. Max comes down in his wolf suit, and he is not a happy camper, right? Max, fuck shit up. He is not digging this new bow. No. And he begins to throw a tantrum. Max, fuck it up. <laughs> Embarrassing his mother immensely. In front of Mark Ruffalo. In front of Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> Not in front of the rough. All right. The of rough. all people. <laughs> the rough. Um, he even bites her. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. She wants to know what is wrong with him and tells Max that he is out of control. Mm. Okay. Max runs away screaming, it is not my fault. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. We're going to, you know what? I see the tears coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Max runs out the door and down the street, yelling and screaming and hitting things. His imagination begins to soar as he finds a boat. He jumps aboard and sets sail. The weather is dark and stormy. Mm -hmm. Max eventually lands on an island, and as he sets out to explore, he comes across some creatures or wild things deep in the woods with a fire blazing. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the creatures goes by the name of Carol, which is James Gandolfini, right? Oh. And he's upset. He's throwing a tantrum, destroying some huts. It seems his friend, KW, left and is not coming back. Mm -hmm. And he feels sad and alone. Recognize that he and Carol have a lot in common, kindred spirits. Max jumps in to help Carol trash the huts. Okay. Right? Yeah. But he does not realize that he is actually helping Carol destroy the other creatures' homes. And this <laughs> makes the other wild things very upset. Okay. And they consider eating Max. Oh, <laughs> And we've escalated That's quickly. A snack. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, Max tells them that they cannot eat him, 
because he has magical powers from another land. <laughs> Try again. That they do not want him to unleash. <laughs> Smart kid. Apparently he took down some Vikings and yeah. he knows all the secrets of the world. Yeah. And because of this, the Vikings made him their king. Try me, bitch. Right? Yeah. Carol tells the others he knew there was something special about Max. Right? Okay. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's not helping that I know this is James Gandolfini. I, is that exactly? Okay, okay. I was like in tears. Okay. okay. Carol wants to be sure to get the story straight. Mm-hmm. He asks Max, You were the Vikings king? <laughs> and you made everything right. What about loneliness? Will you keep out all of the sadness? Max says he has a sadness shield <laughs> that keeps out all of the sadness. And it's big enough for all of them. Dude, you can't be just... Leanna's crying. <laughs> Why are you doing that to me? Dude, what's happening? Okay, no, we're fine. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's totally okay. Oh, no. Okay, so the other wild things introduce themselves as the bull, Alexander, Judith, and Ira. Judith and Ira are in love. Oh, cute. Douglas, and returning to the group... Is CW no KW? <laughs> Some random two letters of the alphabet. KW. Yeah, <laughs> she forgot her stick or something. Um, Carol is confused at KW's return. Okay, he thought that she had left for good to go hang out with her new friends, Bob and Terry. Bob and Terry. Okay. Carol loves KW. No. Yeah, fuck Bob and Terry. Right? Yeah. Fuck Bob and Terry. Uh, the Wild Things ask Max to be their king and give him a crown and a scepter. And Max promises to bring happiness to the Wild Things. The king's oh. first order of business is to declare a wild rumpus where frivolity takes place. Let the wild rumpus yes, begin, Yes, that's right. Uh, the creatures are quite taken with the king as he shows them a good time and they claim that they had forgotten how to have fun. They all fall asleep together in a big pile, and Max is happy. Carol takes Max on a tour of the land the next day, and Carol tells Max that he wants him to be king forever. Oh, Jesus. Because they're BFFs. <laughs> okay. Right? Yeah. Carol shows Max a model of the island that he built out of sticks, including all of the wild things in miniature. And he and KW are together. Uh-huh. Okay, stunning cinematography in this scene. I love it so much. And the song that accompanies is, like, beautiful. It's called Hideaway by Karen O and the Kids. Okay. I just added it to my Spotify playlist because <laughs> it was gorgeous. Or you hit and it, bastard. And it made my heart sing. Aww. All right. Carol tells Max that he built the model to show what he wants the island to look like and that there has to be a place where all of the things you wanted to have happen actually happen. Dude, I'm good. It's going to be okay. I was crying in my room so bad, like a bitch with a skin knee. Just Uh, checking in. Right, right. I'm doing okay. I know. I did not think this was going to be a (laughs) tearjerker. All right. Max tells Carol that we can totally build a place like that. And as the king orders the building of Carol's fort with Carol in charge of construction. However, when KW shows up with her owl, her two owl friends, Bob and Terry. They're owls? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bob and Terry are owls. A kerfuffle ensues because Carol feels they do not belong there. They are outsiders. 
Oh, okay. Carol throws another tantrum in the middle of the night, telling Max that he is failing to fulfill his duties as king. Everything is not all right, and everyone is not happy, and he promised. Because Carol's not happy. Carol's not happy. Because he's heartbroken. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Carol is so angry that he decides to eat Max. Oh, my God. As Max flees through the forest, he is saved by KW. Yeah, you guys have to start. You have to stop, like, escalating to eating people, like, right right? off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, KW explains how tough everyone's lives are and that Carol's tantrums only make things harder. The light bulb goes off in Max's head as he thinks how tough things are for his mother, and he decides it is time to return home. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) As Max tries to find Carol to say goodbye, he finds Carol's model destroyed. He leaves a heart made out of sticks with a C inside for Carol. And I cried so much. I cried. Dude, what? What? I did not anticipate this. I have to say, I did not see this coming at all. The wild things say their goodbyes to Max as he boards his boat. And of course, after finding the little heart, a sobbing Carol runs to catch up with Max. He arrives in the nick of time to say goodbye. Max returns home. He is hugged by his mother, where she sits at the table with him as he eats some food. Max watches his mom fall asleep at the table. (laughs) Is that the end of the movie? That's the end of the movie. Leanne is sobbing. Guys, do not sign up for Patreon because you do not want to see literal soft fest. Is that what is going on? Oh my gosh, right? Okay. What? You have to go watch the movie. I cried like a bitch. I'm never watching it again. Gosh. Yeah. And the fact that it's James Gandolfini is really that's killing me. That's the tearjerker right there. It's killing me. Yeah. Okay. All right. So here's some fun facts. Okay. <laughs> Fun facts. Right? Lift me up, Lord. Okay, lift, me lift up. you up. Lift you up to the to the clouds. Yeah. All right. Spike Jones decided against a fully animated picture. Okay. Okay. He wanted the audience to feel like the wild things were real. Uh, he was in close contact with Mari Sendak throughout the entire process, uh, and in addition, Sendak approved the creature designs. They looked pretty much exactly. Well, they were beautiful. Yes. I will say. Less than six weeks before they started shooting, the puppets arrived from Jim Henson Studios. Really? The, mm-hmm. The heads were too heavy. They had no alternative but to have the Henson team tear apart the heads and reconstruct them. Oh, no. The actors in the costume. And at first I was like, was James Kinnafini in the <laughs> costume? You yeah, better it stop different. it right it's now. A, it's a different, <laughs> <laughs> different actors than the voices. I had to clarify. Oh. Um, the actors in the costumes could only wear the heads for about a half hour at a time and would have to take a 15 minute break in front of an air conditioner. Jeez. Can you imagine how that would have stopped up the, uh, whew, that's like a stop motion tough. animation film. Holy crap. Holy shit. Uh, Spike Jones received a lot of criticism about the movie and th- that it was too scary to subject children to. Oh, wow. Okay. Jones indicated that he was trying to make a movie about childhood rather than a children's movie. Ah, we keep running into Mm -hmm. those, don't we? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, The studio was so unhappy with the final movie. It was even more family and friendly. Mm -hmm. Uh, They wanted to reshoot the entire thing. 
Yes, they eventually settled on giving Jones more money and some time to arrive at, at the finished project that we see today. Okay. I have so, snot coming out of my nose, but it's okay. You do. Yeah, you keep do. Going. But you look yeah. beautiful. You Thank look beautiful. You. Thank you. Yes. Um, each of the wild things has a specific personality trait, okay. which represents the different personalities of Max. They are lack of self, uh, self-confidence, adventurousness, moody, lonely, shy, angry, selfish. And you'd have to go watch the movie to match them up. It's okay. Right? It's, it's Yeah. I'm just going to sob again. It's okay. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's talk about one of the most beloved children's stories of all time. Yes, please. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. So 1963, Where the Wild Things Are, written and illustrated by Maurice Sendak. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yes. Oh, wow. Uh, in 1964, the book was honored with a Caldecott Medal as the most distinguished American picture book for children. Hmm. Uh, but but not before, of course, spending two years on the banned book list and receiving negative reviews. Uh, during <sighs> that time, the librarians and teachers could not help but notice that the children were in hot pursuit of this book and would check it out time and time again. Aww. And the book has now sold over 20 million copies. It's a big one. Sendak began his career as an illustrator. Uh, but by the 1950s, he thought he might try his hand at writing and illustrating his own books. Okay. Uh, Sendak described his childhood as terrible. Oh. Growing up in Brooklyn to Polish immigrant parents, his family experienced much loss as a result of the Holocaust. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, as a result, Sendak did not experience life through rose-colored glasses and therefore did not write his characters as such. Oh, now I'm going to cry <laughs> even more. <laughs> He was never afraid to touch on dark themes, which is one of the reasons many of his books were banned. Uh, His first book, entitled Kenny's Window, was published in 1956. And not long after, he started writing a book about a young boy who is punished to his room after throwing a temper tantrum. In his room, he uses his imagination to escape to the land of the wild horses, which was also going to be the title of the book. Okay. But Sendak soon realized that he did not know how to draw horses and change the name to Wild Things. That's fucking hilarious. That is the most artist thing yep. I've ever heard. You know what? I can't draw a horse. Let me change the entire thing. You took it from like an old Yiddish <laughs> what phrase can or I something. Draw? <laughs> yeah, right. What can I draw? So the Wild Things were inspired inspired by Sendak. Ah, you did got you just me. mispronounce inspired. a word? <laughs> I inspired something. Uh, the Wild Things were inspired by Sendak's aunts and uncles from originally drawn characters he drew as a child. What? It was his way of coping to escape their weekly unharmonious Sunday visits. He recalls as a child looking up at the crazy faces and wild eyes of his relatives with bloodshot eyes and big yellow teeth. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Hilarious. Although Sendak does not mention the wild things by name in the book, they are distinctly, they have names, and they are of his aunts and uncles. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. So in an interview, Sendak discusses where the wild things are in two of his other books entitled In the Night Kitchen and Outside Over There. Okay. He explains the three books are a trilogy of sorts, focusing on a child's growth, survival, change, and anger. 
Mm. He stated the three books pretty much revolve around the same theme. How does a child master their feelings, which include jealousy, danger, fear, boredom, and frustration? Mm. And then how is it possible for them to come to terms with the realities, which is their life? Heavy. Okay. Right? His lessons in The Wild Things are for adults as much as children. And something to take away from the story is don't judge anyone or anything based on their appearance. There is a wild thing in all of us, and that's okay. According to Sendak, it's what makes us human, and specifically for children who achieve release through fantasy and imagination. Mm-hmm. Imagination grants us immense power. According to Sendak, children live in between fantasy and reality and can move to and from very easily, and a lesson adults should also think about. Damn. Mm-hmm. Okay. There is always room to let your hair down and have a good rumpus. <sighs> yes, that's beautiful. Yep. Come on now. Yep. Love with everything you've got. Oh, please don't go. We'll eat you up. We love you so. Lord, you can't be fucking doing that, dude. One should love big and uniquely as children and wild things do. Something, again, for all of us adults to remember. Wow. Holy shitballs. Okay. And that is where the wild things are. Is that your lesson? Yes. Okay. Wow. You just dropped a mom. It's yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was my lesson. I didn't want to, I oh. think we talked about it because I thought at first I would talk about monsters and where monsters came from, but, yeah. um, you know, historically monsters are something that are in closets or under beds that children are afraid of. And right. he's not afraid of these no. monsters, Mm-mm. you know, and from my takeaway, like in his reality he was the monster he was creating you know and then he finds these monsters and they you know he loves them and they make him the king yes yes okay right yeah that's really beautiful it's a great story yeah i um i really appreciate coming across these pardon my quivering Mm -hmm. voice Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) um i really appreciate coming across these stories um from people that had difficult childhoods that are just sharing like how they coped yes but to anyone that had you know on any scale yes. a difficult childhood right these stories just matter oh, so right. much like they really do yeah and I don't know it's just so this is like why we talk about this stuff yeah. because it's just so powerful mm-hmm. and I know how many people like resonated with this book oh and my then gosh. when you dive deeper you're yeah. like oh damn like there was a really powerful story being told there yeah and again that's really where tapping into your magic comes from like I have always been drawn to this book it's Mm -hmm. on my top five children's books Um, I have a tote bag that I carry around all the time with the wild things where the wild things are Um, but I did not know all of this yeah and then to look at the movie and think you know Catherine Keener's character that was me I was a single parent you know we're struggling to keep it together. Right. Um, working, trying to pay the bills, um, you know, all of that. And then to think, like, as this kid is looking at her, like, just please play with me. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's so hard because you get so caught up in the everyday minutia of life as an yeah. adult. You can't separate and focus. I mean, I'm not saying everybody, but, well, you no. know. And, I mean, I don't want to, like. 
um, put something onto that story mm-hmm. that wasn't there. But mm-hmm. just from my perspective, mm-hmm. you know, and I've shared a little, like, I have bipolar 2 disorder. I obviously mm-hmm. struggled with that growing up. And, like, there's stuff that you saw in that character, Max, that, yes. like, I resonated with. Like, the, yeah. it's not my fault. Like, I can't. Yes. It's like, oh, yep. man. As like, soon as I heard him say that, I was like, because we have those discussions yeah. often. Like, things that you were subjected to as a child mm-hmm. um, from adults uh, was not your fault, but yet you have to clean up the mess. Yeah. 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 It's interesting because now I'm going, like, I'm about to hit 30, right? Yeah. I'm going to turn 29 in January. Um, and so now I'm going through kind of that Saturn's return and like, you know, that what does it all mean? And yeah, yeah I mean, the reality of hitting this age is like, mm-hmm. it might not have been your fault what right. happened to you as a, right. a kid, but like, you're going to have to like figure it out. Yeah. And that it's rough, man. Yeah. Like you have to navigate like what mm-hmm. you went through. Right. And then coming in like me being the mom it reflects on you know my relationship with my parents my relationship with you and the generational like you're you know thinking about starting a family at some point and Mm -hmm. it's kind of like you know you wish there was a manual yeah for parenting but there isn't and a lot of times and we've talked about this a lot recently you bring that generational trash and, and, trauma, and it trickles yeah. down generationally yeah. and trying to break those cycles is so difficult because oh, man, you don't yeah. really have another basis. No. You don't have another You're kind of flailing map. out there on your own. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, this didn't sit well with me, but I don't know what the alternative is or I don't know how to change that or right. trying to change that is difficult. You yeah. know, it's hard. It is. It is. And mm-hmm. I really like... When stories like this hit my ear, mm-hmm. now that I'm older, yeah, like because and and knowing that I like resonated with them mm-hmm. when I was younger, but maybe mm-hmm. didn't necessarily know why, yeah. And then now I'm getting the lesson as an yes. adult, and I'm like, yes. okay, like I I don't know, I'm just mm-hmm. able to kind of like mm-hmm. connect the circle, and that's probably why I'm like an emotional wreck over here. I'm yeah. like, holy shit! Now right. I'm getting like all sides of the. Yes. And it's just, whew, yeah. what a powerful story. I mean, books are magic. Literature is magic. Art, Reading, magic. Art, pop art. culture, it's all magic. Yeah. I really, like, this is seriously, like, I have chills because even though I'm over here crying, this is why I really like doing this show mm. because it really does, like, prove that this is all magical. And it matters it and it is important. And, oh, my gosh. And it changes people's lives. Yes. People that don't have, uh, you know positive things in their life or positive experiences or just to be able to resonate with people that, you know, or things or situations or television shows or a character. To connect with someone you never actually meet. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows how many kids read this book as a kid and felt comfort and felt safety in it. Yeah. And, you know, that, Mm -hmm. that desperately needed it. Yeah. And because of his art. Right. Because he took his experience in his pain and he was yes. like you know and I'm gonna create something beautiful out of yeah. it and look how many people it helped yeah. like oh my god that's, well, it's just so beautiful yeah I'll share one last story in my reading was uh he had done an interview and he said that he always answered every fan mail that he got from a child Aww. um and one in particular always sat with him he um the the kid left such a heart like heartwarming story like letter to him mm-hmm. that he drew him his own wild thing and sent him, 
you know, a letter back. And he got a correspondence from the mother saying he was so happy when he got this letter, he ate it. He, He ate it up. And he thought, how beautiful, because he didn't care that he had a Maurice Sendak original art piece or he ate it yeah he ate it okay wow that, i'm done I'm, I'm melted i'm melted like a fucking stick of butter it's fine it's fine yes it's my time of the month if you were wondering yeah i'll fucking admit it all right if you couldn't fucking tell <laughs> thanks oh, lauren no. thanks for picking this one i thought this was going to be an uplifter boy i was wrong no it was, i mean it it's was, uplifting it is. but it it's is. a heart wrencher for sure wow it makes you think about things Wow, it sure does. Yeah, it sure does. And you yes. know what? It, around the holidays, we're kind of all thinking about this shit, anyways. Yeah, right. So let's be real. Let's be fucking let's real. Be real. Yeah. At least we are here. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. I really, I, I like that one. Thank awesome. you, Laura. Awesome. Up top. Yes. Boom. All right. All right. Well, you want to lighten it up with a killer quote of the let's week? Let's do it. All right. up today did you take all the ones out i threw back in <laughs> yes i oh, refilled okay. the pumpkin yay all right so hold on more oh. whoever you pick <gasps> wins a prize wins a prize this yay. is the first december giveaway you are going to win a new piece of merch because we have new merch we do oh my gosh we and have it's killer merch it's killer it. merch. I we like have it. a new design. We have some new colorways. Go fucking check it out. It'll be Go linked in the show website. notes. So, Laura, who is Who's winning the winner today? All right. Uh, I've seen The Exorcist 167 times, and it gets funnier every time I see it. Beetlejuice. Uh, sent in by at gin and tonics Woo! oh cute i love that yes uh, we love them. i love Yay! it hey you get a piece of merch you get a piece of merch congratulations Congrats. Uh, reach out to us on instagram yeah uh, and we will get you hooked up uh and, and if you'd like to be in the running for next week's you know yeah please goodies. go follow us on social media that's and, the way and to interact join. with us yeah oh yeah oh my cool. gosh that was right. a great episode lord love stop it. Hit. I put it back in the pumpkin. She literally will pick a quote <laughs> from the pumpkin, read it, and fold it and put it back. It's my analytical mind. Stop I'm like, doing I don't that. Wanna, I can't have a mess on the table. <laughs> I just put it back in the pumpkin. It's got a safe home. So your quote might get picked multiple times. There you go. You're going to get so much merch. You might win next week. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. <laughs> All right. Check us out next week. Yeah. Uh, TTFN. Cut print. Check the gate. Moving on. <laughs>